As the Colts enter this rebuild, they'll need to rely on the young talent that they have, and the 2022 rookie class supplied them with plenty of it. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. I'm Jake Arthur and he's Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, thank you, and just right off the bat, bearing with me. I know it's echoey. I'm redoing my office. There's nothing to absorb the, the commotion. Uh, it'll be back to normal tomorrow, I'm sure. Uh, but today, we're going to reflect on this Colts rookie class. They're about to turn the page and have to rely on the youth that they've acquired in these last couple of years quite a bit. I mean, it's it's going to be a facelift of this team. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, you know, they, they invested in a historically athletic group last year in this, this rookie class, and it honestly paid off quite a bit. Uh, there were some peaks and valleys, uh, but we're going to take a look at the rookies on both sides of the ball today, as well as some guys that stood out on special teams. Uh, so, Zach, offensively, everyone's going to really point at Alec Pierce first, and he was their first pick, and, you know, he played the most. Uh, we've got these ranked in order of uh, playing time. Basically, we don't necessarily want to go in order. They were drafted because that's just not totally how it worked out. Uh, but Alec Pierce wide receiver, he did play 723 snaps. Uh, and he was the third leading receiver on the team, uh, finished with 41 catches for 593 yards and a pair of scores. Uh, but he was first on the team in yards per reception at 14 and a half, which is about what we expected. We thought he would be the, the key deep threat on the team. Uh, what do you think of him this year? Yeah, I think in year one, he emerged as a very, very capable role player, which is fine for year one. You know, we saw that with Michael Pittman Jr. back during his rookie season a couple years ago where he didn't look like wide receiver one or wide receiver two caliber player in that first season, but he looked like a very good role player. And then he obviously took that jump in year two, hitting a thousand yards uh, with Alec Pierce. You know, we saw some good things. He looked pretty good off the line of scrimmage, did a good job of beating press and and stacking guys off of press, despite not being the most, you know, uh, agile or quick player. You know, he was using that size, using that threat of his speed, using his power, uh, using that little that little sidestep that he has. And he did some good things off the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then he turned that into big plays down the field. Now, we knew when the Colts were drafting Alec Pierce that the selling point was his contested catchability and his speed getting vertical. That was, that was him. That was Alec Pierce. And we saw a lot of glimpses of it this year, whether it was Sam Ellinger at quarterback, it was Matt Ryan at quarterback. I don't think Foles really targeted him too much, but no matter who was at quarterback, we did see Alec Pierce make those splash plays, make some flashes happen. It just was not consistent with the poor quarterback play and with him going through some rookie struggles. So overall though, I think he emerged as a very, very capable role player 
And the, the, the hope going forward is that he can take that next step to be a good wide receiver two, or maybe be a wide receiver three or wide receiver one. Um, I think as of right now, he's a good third option to have, but you want to see him take those, those positive steps next season. But as of right now, I don't have any complaints with how his rookie season went. Obviously there are some things he needs to work on, but a very, very promising first season for a young receiver. Yeah, I'm happy for you on that one because he was probably like your guy going into the yeah. draft. He lands on the team that you cover, so that was kind of a home run for you. Um, I, I was pretty happy with with how it turned out. Uh, they played to his strengths, and you know the the things we knew he could do well coming into the league, he did do those well. Uh, I thought the Colts were smart with how they brought him along in the summer. You know, Reggie Wayne worked a lot with him, and they put him mm-hmm. up against Stephon Gilmore. We mentioned that a lot over the summer. Uh, that seemed to pay dividends. His confidence grew. Uh, I think it didn't take him too long to understand that I can make these flashy plays in the NFL as well because camp started out a little shaky for him, a little slow. Right. right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think I'd like to see him just a little more complete, you know, the, the, the route tree develop a little more, you know, do some more uh, over the middle, some shorter stuff, because I, I think his, I, I'd have to look again, but his average depth of target was probably pretty far downfield. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like yeah. to see some shorter stuff from him as well, just to kind of round things out. Yeah, his his targets were weird this year. He basically only got targeted under 10 yards or over 20 yards. Like he did not get anything intermediate. Uh, but right now I would honestly say his route tree is very, very similar to what DK Metcalf's was when DK Metcalf first came to the league. Now, I'm not saying Pierce is the same as DK Metcalf, but I think like it's like the five below version of, of DK Metcalf right now, you know, or the, the Dollar Tree version of DK Metcalf, where you have a guy who is good off the line of scrimmage, who has great speed and can win those contested catches uh, and, and can get vertical, but he also excels on slants and in-breaking routes. That's basically all you have right now. Now, the goal is you want to get him to that next level to where, okay, this guy can run a comeback route. This guy can run deep hitches and, and get out of his breaks quick. This guy can separate on, on more than just in-breaking routes and, and deep vertical shots. Uh, so there are some things you want to see him get better at. But as of right now, if he's just going to be dollar store version DK Metcalf, that's fine. Like That's worth that second round pick either way. Now, the hope is you can just keep going forward from here. Yeah, DK Metcalf developed in a big way after that, so perfectly fine. Uh, Moving on to the next guy, Bernard Ryman, uh, over 700 snaps. You know, he came along slowly. They had Matt Pryor uh, starting at left tackle initially. Around week five, we started to see Ryman. The timing was a little odd, even though Pryor was taking his lumps for sure. Um, But, you know, it it paid off. he had those first couple games where he played a lot and then went back to the bench as Dennis Kelly took over. And then from about midway to the year to the end of it, he was the full-time starter at left tackle, developed really well along the way. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he had some, some glaring moments where there were some hiccups, you know, bad sacks at bad times, some, some penalties, but by the end of it, you know, if you look at like pro football focus, for example, he was one of the higher graded offensive tackles in the back half of the season. So uh, the Colts might have found their guy there at left tackle. Man, this started off so terribly. Like it was horrible the way it started. That Denver Broncos game. Now, given he was kind of thrown into a tough spot, he did not have much preparation. He only found out he was a starter right before the game, uh, so he got thrown out there against a really good pass rush and a really good pressure team. Uh, and I think he had like five penalties, allowed like two sacks in that game. And then when he re-entered the starting lineup later in the season against the Philadelphia Eagles. 
it was really, really bad as well. Like that Eagles team, which given this Eagles front is one of the best pass rushing fronts that we've seen in decades. So it's it's a really good pass rushing front. Uh, but he was just getting abused in that game. And I was I was really concerned. You know, I was looking at him. I was like, look, this is a guy who his footwork is poor. His hands are poor and he has no anchor. So he's just getting blown off every single like every single pass rushing rep. He's getting blown back and knocked off the ball. Uh, but we saw just a different Bernard Ryman those last couple of weeks. He really improved his footwork. His hands got better. He got better at countering what was happening. And honestly, you know, his, his anchor still needs work and it wasn't great in those last couple of weeks, but you could see it somewhat getting there. You could see him slowly adjusting to, oh, this guy's bringing power at me. I can, you know, sit back on my heels and, and get into my uh, anchor here. So I still think there's a ways to go before he's your franchise left tackle. But as of right now, I, I would like to see him, have that early edge in camp and be the guy who's going to give him get like, just get a majority of the reps in camp next season, because he has the potential to be a legit starting left tackle and he showed development in the later half of this season. So I'm very, very intrigued by him. I, I think it's very promising his, his potential going forward. And, and I'm really glad that he showed that that progress late in the season. Cause if he looked like how he did against the Eagles and Broncos for that latter half of the season, then I would be like, man, we got to get a different left tackle in here. But he really turned it around, and, and I'm very, very impressed by how he finished that season. Yeah, just like you, you know, something we've talked about. I am okay with him entering as the, the leader at left tackle, but I think he needs some competition going into camp next year. Uh, the last guy really quick before we uh, wrap up offense, tight end Jelani Woods, physical freak. You know, he was he was a guy we were just screaming for for more playing time and more targets as the season developed. Now the passing game was rough regardless, but only 333 snaps. He played less than half the time of these two other guys that we talked about. Uh, but he was easily the biggest weapon among the tight end group and really was probably one of your top three passing weapons throughout the season when you really look at the impact that they had. Uh, 25 catches for 312 yards and a few touchdowns. Uh, as far as NFL rookie tight ends goes among qualifying guys with the proper amount of targets and playing time, uh, he was the third graded rookie tight end overall. Uh, he was second in yards per route run and average depth of target. So he was a playmaker. Yeah, um, I mean, he was probably of these guys that we had taken on day two for the Colts. He was the one I had rated the lowest. I was not super intrigued. I thought he had a really, really long way to go before that potential that he had could show. But man, in year one, going out of year one, he's probably the guy I'm the most excited about of this Colts rookie class from 2022. Uh, I think everything that he showed on film as a pass catcher in terms of route running, in terms of separating, in terms of contested catch, in terms of after the catch, I think he can be a top five receiving tight end in all of football. And you guys know me. I don't I don't exaggerate. I don't pump up the Colts just because. I mean, heck, most of my comments here are about how much I hate the Colts. So you guys know that I typically don't just say this stuff. I really think, when you watch his film, this looks like a tight end who could be like a Darren Waller type, or, you know, like that type of guy, like a really, really good receiving tight end. There's nothing in his film that says he can't be that. He pulls away from guys. I mean, this is a 260-pound tight end who's outrunning defensive backs and linebackers with ease. Like this is a legit athlete who shows it on film, shows it when he plays, and he makes some big things happen. So if he can take that next step in terms of his blocking so he can get on the field more next year – I, I really think this can be a star player for the Colts in, in the near future. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I think if you get a good game plan moving forward with, you know, you've got a new coaching staff coming in. They know they're inheriting this guy. You're going to have a new quarterback. I think 
there's a possibility we see a, a really good plan develop for him moving forward. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the defense. You know, they were the real backbone of the team in 2022, and they had an unexpected rookie star. But first, the show is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. It's time to talk about the challenge that life as an adult can be. For me, I'm about to start a new day job while juggling a couple other gigs and a family on top of it all. Unfortunately, life does not come with a user manual, so when it all seems like a lot, it's normal to feel stuck. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. I've not personally been to therapy, but I've always been open to it, and I've seen the positive impact that it's had on a lot of people around me. Uh, everyone deserves to feel their best, and BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, and no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. And also, guys, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown the FanDuel sportsbook app is safe secure and super easy to use and best of all you can get paid your winnings instantly so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the N. FL. All right, Jake. So we went a little long on segment one because there were just so many offensive rookies that played quite a bit for the Colts. You know, this offense was fairly young, but if we look at the Colts defense this past season, a defense that was playing really well until those last couple of weeks, it was mostly veterans. You know, it was almost exclusively veterans. There was only one guy uh, in this rookie class who played on defense a significant amount. And that was uh seventh round rookie Rodney Thomas, the second 720 snaps, uh, four interceptions led the team, started 10 of 17 games. And I think if you told me before the season that Rodney Thomas would be the most productive defensive rookie from this class, I would have been shocked because they took a safety in the third round before him. Uh, but Rodney Thomas, man, I, I'm i very impressed. Like, I, I still think there's some room to improve, and I still think he has a bit of a ways to go before being like a legit starting safety. But like for a first year, for a late day three pick, this is like the best of all outcomes you could have hoped for. Oh yeah, they knocked it out of the park with this one. They nationally and really locally, I don't like as much as many lumps as Chris Ballard has taken and the scouting staff. I don't think they've gotten enough credit for this one. This right. was a seventh round pick out of Yale. Again, you know that's not exactly a football factory. Uh, when they made that pick, I assumed I was like, okay, really athletic guy, diverse background uh, positionally probably make the practice squad because they had added Rodney McLeod. They were getting Julian Blackman back. Nick Cross had all the hype in the world in the third round. Um, I just assumed that he probably was going to be camp fodder. 
And he came in against Patrick Mahomes and made a couple really big plays uh, on a shorthanded defense that helped lead the Colts to a win. And it wasn't a flash in the pan because he just continued to, to show things like that throughout the year. Uh, great recovery speed. Uh, I think he's been really good as a last line of defense tackler. Uh, he seems to, to get the guys out of bounds. He, he's been a pretty good tackler, I felt, which is something we saw in the preseason. You know, this guy's a good tackler. Probably won't matter. But in the future, if he gets <laughs> on the field, um, turns out he, he needed it. Uh, four interceptions for a rookie safety. The Colts haven't seen a lot of interceptions from the safety position in a while. Uh, so I thought that was pretty impressive. But I've really, you know, I've got nothing but positives to say about him. Yeah, he really took that single high safety role in this Gus Bradley defense and ran with it this season. And, and towards the later part of the year, when Julian Blackman was actually healthy again, they put Blackman there at slot corner and they kept Rodney Thomas there at that deep safety. You know, when it, obviously it lined up with Kenny Moore being out, but that kind of shows the trust they had in Rodney Thomas where this is a seventh round rookie and we're getting our veteran safety back or we're having our veteran safety down the stretch. And instead of putting another corner in the slot, they said, hey, we want to get these two players both on the field together. So they had Ronnie Thomas starting at free safety still, and they had Julian Blackman coming down to the slot. I think that spoke just volumes for how much this coaching staff trusted this young player. Uh, and he did a lot of good things. You know, again, I, I think he can get better at his at being quicker with his reads. I think he gets a little too much depth at times, and, and it's, he gets a little too far back there. But for the most part, uh, that stuff will improve with time, you know, when he gets a better feel for the game and a better idea of, of his own capabilities on the field. But for now, he played it safe. He got a lot of picks. He got a lot of tackles. Great, great first year for a young player. And then the second leader in snaps from this rookie class is another defensive back. It's still not that third round pick, though. <laughs> It's it's a guy who was an undrafted free agent, Dallas Flowers, uh, out of Pittsburgh State, I believe. Uh, before we even talk about him on defense, I mean, just a phenomenal kick returner. I think he led the entire NFL with 31.1 yards for, per return. Uh, and that's honestly with those last couple weeks not being as strong because there was a couple weeks stretch there where you count like the Steelers games and a couple other ones where he was ripping off like 40 yards return. It felt like, like he was the Colts best offense for a good stretch of those games <laughs> late in the year. Uh, so Dallas flowers on, on kick returns was really good on defense. You know, he got burned a little bit, but he's a young corner. You know, I, I think there's something there with him, but yeah, Dallas flowers, man, I was, I was pretty impressed. And he's actually a guy who, when I, in our last projection, uh, before the season started, I projected him to get cut and I respond to somebody being like, yeah, I just don't think he's ready. And I think he responded with a laughing emoji. This was Dallas Flowers responding <laughs> to me saying this. So he proved me wrong. I'm happy to be proved wrong. I think Dallas Flowers had a great rookie season and I'm really excited for him after the year. No, this is good. I, I was interested in seeing what kind of role he would have defensively because early in the season, you know, when there were injuries at corner, you know, they promoted Tony Brown to the active roster from the practice squad. They didn't just give it to Flowers. So to your credit, defensively, he wasn't ready yet. But, you know, special teams, he, he was a good player. Uh, so, no, he, you're, you're right. He was kind of lightning in a bottle. It seemed like he had at least one or two big returns every game. And I think he finished with 23 kickoff returns on the season, which winds up being a, a decent number. And shoot, to have over 30 yards per return, that's that's huge. And especially, like you mentioned, for an offense as anemic as it was, 
at least they started with decent field position because of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that, that Vikings game, I, I remember, like, every single starting field position was, like, on the Vikings side of the field because he started the game with a huge kick return, and then there were all those turnovers, and then I think he had another big kick return. It's like, man, this is our best offense. Just I was like, every time the Vikings scored, I'm like, here we go. Now the Colts have a chance to score because they're going to get the ball in the hands of, <laughs> of Dallas Flowers. So, again, at, the, at worst – he, he reminds me a lot of Isaiah Rogers' his rookie season, where that rookie season, Isaiah Rogers really didn't play much on defense. Like, I think Rogers showed more flashes on defense, but for the most part, Rogers didn't do much on defense. But we saw him in that kick return game. You know, he had the kick return touchdown against the Browns. He had a couple other big returns. That's kind of Dallas Flowers right now, where he's a young athletic corner, showed a lot in the kick return game, and that's going to keep you on rosters. So that's huge for him. And, and it's huge for the Colts to have a, a good kick return game because whether it's a young quarterback next season or if they have another anemic offensive season next year, you at least will have good starting field position so you can make life a little bit easier for you. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, the next guy, I'll be honest, there's just not a lot to say, uh, but it's uh, defensive tackle Eric Johnson. He played 127 snaps, uh, just kind of a guy initially, and the Colts probably expected that. They were drafting him because of his, his size and athletic traits, Basically, you know, a really athletic backup to Grover Stewart. Uh, in 64 pass rushing snaps, though, he had no pressures, and which is fine because from the nose from the nose tackle spot, you don't really expect that. Uh, but according to Pro Football Focus, he also only had one stop, which is essentially the stat they give to someone who forces a failure of a play against the offense. So run stuffs, stuff like that. So. Not a lot of impact uh, in year one, but uh, he's an athletic guy. I, you know, during training camp, we saw, you know, he's he's got a, a lot of explosion. He's got some uh, some agility to him for a 300-pound guy. So I do think he's got a future, but he's got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. And going into a full offseason training with, you know, DeForest Buckner seems to take these young guys with him wherever he trains. Uh, you know, he can learn a lot from Grover Stewart as well. Grover is honestly, you know, the perfect model to follow. Tiny Albany State, you know, little known prospect, middle rounds, goes from being, being this huge athletic guy to becoming one of the better nose tackles in the league. So if I were Johnson, I would, I'd have my eyes glued to whatever Stewart's doing this offseason. Yeah, no, I think you said it all perfectly there. You know, kind of, a, I don't want to see an irrelevant rookie season, but not really much to write home right home to. I mean, really good explosive athlete just needs to put it more together as a football player. And I think working with Grover Stewart this off season would be huge for him. So just, just follow Grover Stewart around, you know, even follow him to his barbecues that he, <laughs> that he does. Uh, and I Especially. think we'll be all good. Yeah. Follow him to the barbecues for sure. <laughs> the next, the next guy is someone we probably would have anticipated talking about first. Uh, that's Nick Cross, uh, the safety. So he started the season as uh, the starter at strong safety, uh, really earned it within a week or two going into, into training camp. Uh, but things quickly went south uh, for him as far as playing time goes. Um, after week two, he saw just six snaps on defense, uh, 122 snaps overall, uh, you know, those first couple weeks. Uh, but I think Gus Bradley just saw that his secondary needed a, an injection of veteran leadership and communication and really, that worked out. It, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing that Nick Cross came out of the lineup, although I did want to see him play more. Rodney McLeod, just he's a great leader for the back end, and that's just hard to replace. 
Um, now, Cross, we'll see. There, there was a lot of hype about him coming from the team, really all throughout up until he stopped playing there in the first couple of weeks. So uh, we'll see. It, it would definitely be a, a huge bump for them because they did trade up to get him. Uh, so we'll see. It, he, For what it's worth, he did get a really good mark on special teams grades, played over 200 special team snaps, a uh, grade of 90, according to Pro Football Focus. I mean, yeah, he has the ability to be an elite special teamer if he were to, you know, if he wanted to be a big special teamer, he'd be an elite one because, I mean, we're talking about a 215-pound guy who runs 4-3. This could be the best gunner in football if that were something in his future. But, yeah, I heard some things, some rumors about what kind of went down, but ultimately the way that I would break it down for his rookie season is they didn't trust him enough on defense because of Rodney McLeod being there, which completely understandable. And then on special teams, there was just some other stuff going on there. But I, I really am not writing him off yet. We're talking about the youngest player on the team, one of the youngest players in the entire league, I believe. I think he's in like the top 10 youngest players in the entire league. Uh, so it's it's impossible to write him off. There's a lot of great things about what he could bring to the field. He just needs to get on the field next year. So this offseason is humongous for him. Like out of out of this entire rookie class, this offseason is the biggest for Nick Cross. You know, can he turn around what was a really quiet rookie season and kind of take that and and internalize it and build his game up and and come back better to the Colts? Or does he kind of sulk about it and 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 go further down and it ends up being a waste of a third and a fifth round pick? That's going to be the the big thing that that the Colts are looking for and that we're looking for. So yeah, this offseason is humongous for Nick Cross. I mean, if he can just get more playing time on special teams and and be like a rotational starter on defense next season, I think that would be big for him. Uh, But I just want to see a little bit more from him next season. I think the Colts do, too. Yeah, I I think it's all mental because obviously he's got all the physical tools in the world, but it's a crowded group for the Colts. And, you know, they Rodney McLeod is a free agent. Give them a reason not to feel like they have to resign him, you know, right give them a little trust in you to maybe not, you don't have to be the guy, you know, maybe they make it Julian Blackman is the starter at strong safety with Rodney Thomas, but at least earn a role, make it so it's not imperative that Rodney McLeod comes back to cover for what you're not offering. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And so before we head out, just a reminder that Valentine's day is coming up, which means that romance is in the air more than usual guys. Have you found the perfect gift yet? Whether you're celebrating this day of romance or whether you're ready to pop the question, you can find jewelry as unique as your partner is with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. At BlueNile.com, you can find the perfect piece of jewelry for life's special moments or even create the custom engagement ring of their dreams. Their simple online tools let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft that perfect piece to your specifications. Blue Nile's diamond price guarantees allows you to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs. Blue Nile can even meet or beat their price. Every order is insured and arrives quickly in discreet packaging that won't spill the beans on what's inside. Shipping is free and so are returns. Right now you can save up to 50% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For up to 50% off. BlueNile.com Alright guys, so that is it for us. We'll be back tomorrow to reflect on the season that was and focus on what the Colts need to do moving forward. Obviously, 
you never know. There could be some coaching news coming down the pike. Um, you know, since we last spoke to you guys, Shane Steichen has interviewed with the Colts. Uh, a contingent from the Colts went to Philly to meet with him over the weekend before Super Bowl week preparation. So maybe we'll hear more. Yeah, I don't expect an announcement this week. Just the NFL hates overshadowing the Super Bowl with other news. So I would expect the Colts, they, they might have a decision made right now. But I would expect it to not be made, not to be announced until after this week. But who knows? Who knows? Like you said. But I'll throw a little coaching thing out there. I still think the final three are going to be Shane Steichen, uh, Brian Callahan, and uh, and Raheem Morris. That's who I think the the final three are going to be. Well, we'll see. We'll see, guys. Make sure you guys are following us along on Twitter at Locked On Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks Two. Also, subscribe to the Locked On Colts podcast on YouTube wherever get your podcast and thank you for making us your first listen of the day for your next listen check out the locked on nfl podcast bring you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest nfl stories locked on nfl available on youtube wherever get your podcast we'll see you guys tomorrow